I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. the white wish podcast with me carly this is my third episode and we all know that three is the magic number what a week oh so mercury in retrograde topped with a full moon but also some sad news my familiar pearl passed away this week so there's been a lot of tears but focusing on more positive things, I've got a really packed episode for you today with some of my favourite topics. So we're talking the moon, I love the moon, and we are talking tarot. But first and foremost, to kick things off, I've got a book review for you. So I'm talking about Deborah Blake's book, The Goddess Is In The Details, Wisdom For The Everyday Witch. Can we just... This is the coziest book I have read in ages. So in terms of how Deborah Blake writes, it's just really friendly, really feel like she's talking to you. She classes this book as for the intermediate witch and the book is more how to live in the everyday. So it tackles areas like health, healing, dealing with crisis, marriage, being single, sex, Raising Pagan Children, Rites of Passage and Covens. It's a real practical handbook for witches on how to deal with everyday issues using your faith and your beliefs. There are more typical subjects in in the book relating to being a witch, i.e. altars, Sabbaths, all the usual aspects. But this book to me was a breath of fresh air in relation to the other less typical content it offers. Um, As an example, part of the synopsis for this book is being a witch isn't limited to casting a spell under the full moon or consecrating a ritual circle. Whether you're calling the goddess or doing the dishes, your wonderfully witchy ways are woven into everything you do. I literally bought this book last week to read. It's now one of my favourite witchcraft books, um, purely due to the author's style of writing and some really good different content. So I'm definitely going to pick up some more of her titles. And yeah, I definitely recommend this to you to pick up too. So it's called The Goddess Is In The Details, Wisdom For The Everyday Witch, and it's by Deborah Deborah Blake. Um, Before we get into our interview today regarding tarot, I'm just going to read to you one beautiful segment in the book um, and a little bit of a suggestion that links in with our discussion today on the full moon. Uh, This part is in relation to the deities, the goddess. Um, So let me pick up my beautiful book. Witches believe that all of us have an element of deity within us. We are each in some way God and goddess. 
human beings containing a spark of the divine. This belief colours the way we practice our craft, worship our gods and view the universe. We are connected to the gods and through them we are connected to each other and to the rest of the world. There is God, goddess, in every one of us and so we have both the power and the responsibility to create positive change in the world and in ourselves. How we go about doing that is what the practice of witchcraft is all about. I think that's beautiful. So she's given a little suggestion as well, something you could do in the full moon to honour the goddess. During the next full moon, stand outside the stars and take a moment to feel the light of the goddess reflecting the deity in you. Whether you are a man or a woman, all of us have a little piece of the goddess inside. Open your heart and feel that peace reaching out to the rest of the universe. Can you feel the universe reaching back? Such a beautiful, beautiful book. So obviously we'll be talking about the moon today, but now I'm going to take you into the second segment, which is our tarot interview with Alan, my lovely little brother. He's actually a very well-trained tarot teacher. He's really studied the art of tarot for a very long time. Uh, He's run a few sold out workshops in London and um, yeah, it certainly shed a lot of light on areas of tarot that even I am not aware of. So I think you'll really enjoy it. So stay with us now for that. I have got a very special guest today, which is actually my little brother, Alan. But there is a reason that he's on today. We're not just digging around for guests. He's actually very, very, very good and up on tarot. Um, He's actually taught some workshops in London that sold out. Very, very high demand for these sort of courses currently. Um, So... Alan, hello. Hello. <laughs> We're to be really nice to each other for today. Radio, yeah. <laughs> Keeping it professional. Um, so I really like to go into a few different aspects of tarot with you today, looking at obviously the history, how to use your cards. So can we kick off with what you know how tarot started out? Yeah. So. Um... Tarot started out as a card game in Italy, um, probably around the 13th century, um, a game called Tarocci, it was called then. And um, it was only really played by the nobility because the cards were hand-painted, so they would be like gifted as wedding presents and stuff like that. Um, It was only when mass printing was invented in the kind of 15th century that you got mass-produced decks like the Marseille deck, which is what most contemporary decks are based on. They all kind of start with the Marseille. Yeah, um, yeah. And the it was it was essentially a card game like any other. It was the precursor to the card deck that we know today, like the Rider um, Weight deck. Rider Weight deck. Yeah, yeah. That's based heavily on the Marseille. Like they basically took the Marseille and came up with drawings for all the minor cards which the Marseille deck doesn't have it it differs from a normal card deck in that it has these trump cards the 22 trump cards or the major arcana um, and they are 
based on this Italian concept of the triumphs. And um, these were kind of like parades that they would have in um, medieval Italy where you would have like um, like death or the lovers, you know, parading through the town. And they were like these archetypal images that were celebrated in paintings during the Renaissance and stuff like that. So they ended up in the deck and then more and more were added to, to you had the 22 that we know, like the chariot and the Pope and the devil and all this kind of stuff. But that's how it started out. We were actually talking about this, the misconception with the tarot, because I remember getting my first set gifted to me when I was about 21. And I remember showing my nan and her face, she looked in absolute horror and just didn't want to touch them, didn't want to be near. I was like, no, 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 we don't play with things like that. And I remember being really disappointed because I was completely fascinated with them and didn't know much on their backgrounds at that point. But we were talking about how the, you know, how divination and how tarot was actually mentioned in the Bible, how they did, you know, encourage prophets. And we were talking about some of this, you know, symbolism, you know, in terms of pictures of like the Pope or in the one of the packs. Yeah. Um, Well, the, the, all of the imagery is heavily like medieval Catholic imagery. Like if you were um, a regular person in medieval times, you would understand quite a bit about the symbolism of the images in the cards just because everybody kind of understood that pictorial language, you know. Um, it's um, It's only kind of a very recent thing. Like the the tarot deck wasn't even used for divination until um, the 18th century. So for, for, you know, for 300, for, for 500 years it existed without anybody using it for readings and stuff. It's literally just for a card game. So there's nothing inherently evil or magical about the cards themselves. Yeah. Like how Ouija boards are used as a dating game yeah. back in before they got to, you know, teenagers using them in their bedroom or, or the like. Um, and it just used to be a game that on a first date, because you couldn't obviously have any sort of physical contact or anything, they yeah. would use the energy between, you know, the two on a date and that would be kind of channeled into the game. But there was nothing seen as, you know scary or dodgy about it it's just a fun game to play until it got (laughs) taken over to be you know as we use it now and uh yeah so similar with the tarot really it just came out as a completely different concept yeah um we were actually talking about the key concepts of the cards and how they relate to the elements yeah i know you talked about you did quite a bit on that on your yeah on your course i think what is what makes the tarot interesting to look at at all and to study is that because it has developed over um, hundreds of years it didn't start out how it is it was added to and added to and changed and changed by generations upon generations of people in that process it has come to take on the um, all the kind of aspects of human experience yeah in one thing which is why it's a tool for divination because because it's uh it's um it's almost like a mandala of human experience you know it has every degree symbolized of human experience within it 
so you can take it apart and rearrange it and it becomes a, a reflection of your or anyone's internal self and that's why the images themselves are useful but yeah so you have essentially you have the four suits you have um wands pentacles uh, or coins um swords and cups and they have been kind of um um they've been likened to or referenced with the uh, four elements um and again this is a 18th century thing this was only added on in the 18th century that people kind of had this idea about it um so the f the four elements um earth which it usually um psychologically represents um material things it's usually specifically money when people are making requests or whatever um cups is water and emotion water is always symbolic of the emotional life or the internal um life um wands is um fire which is usually symbolic of uh action and doing or like you know like will and sexuality and stuff and um swords is air or the intellect or like thinking or ideas usually so that kind of idea was transposed onto the cards and is quite um is a really really useful way of um using the minor cards and it's funny we were talking about how people have taken the cards and added a different interpretation of it so coming back to the different you know the different so like with wands there there's a belief that those cards timing wise so if you ask a question you know it will it'll basically say that you know whatever you're looking for or waiting to happen or something that's going to happen is going to be a fast burn and changes will happen in a matter of days um with the swords time and wise things will flow quickly you're looking at a matter of weeks if you're looking at the cups things ebb with the moon so this will occur within a matter of a month or months right. it's tied it's attached to the months um and with the pentacles this will usually they you know they sort of believe that it'll indicate um something will grow change or happen over a season of up to a year right and then we we you and i spoke about this as well where they've also been assigned to different um like the major arcana to different chakras so there's yeah. so many different connections that people have thrown in there over the course of time yeah there's um there's um um there's a strand of jewish mysticism called the kabbalah as well and there's um that has these uh 22 um sephiroths or pathways which people have also transposed onto the um onto the tarot deck as well and that's why there's a lot of like people often talk about how the tarot deck came out of this like egyptian magic and stuff like that because of this jewish mystical um tradition but um I don't think that really is the case, but that's that's another thing that's got thrown into the mix. Um, but it's, you know, I think it's like anything, the, the cards are there for you to project whatever onto. So, like, I've never heard of that um, timing thing, but mm. it's another thing where if you believe that and you incorporate that, then it will work for you, you know? It's just, it's one of those things. 
and that's exactly what we were talking about that cards will literally you know be printed off mass made in a factory yeah and it's only you assigning your energy to yeah. them that kind of you know builds that relationship with them and yeah. I'd like to think with my cards I've had the same set for so many years now and I genuinely feel that when I pull from them I gen you know they throw up a really good as over the years they've got better and better and I, di- I genuinely feel a really strong connection with them and, yeah. and that they're they're spot on but again that's my interpretation of it and yeah. um <clears throat> but that's we were talking about using your cards and your, you know, it's quite interesting because I started out doing the typical, you know, the Celtic cross spread. Yeah. And that was really like in, in depth. And, yeah. you know, as I got, cause I think you start out with something, you think oh, I've got to do it properly. And as I've moved on, I'm like, Oh, I just pull a card a day or yeah. you know, dust Cheeto dust off my hands. And like, yeah. Get some out and throw them around. But yeah. no, I do, I do look after my cards and um, that's another area we're going to have a look at as well. Yeah. Um, cause obviously this week I'm talking about full moon rituals and that tends to be a time when I, tend to my cards and yeah you know and, and use them quite a lot um during the fall and the new moon um but coming back to spreads so how do you like to read your cards well i do it very simply like i've tried other um things like the celtic cross and that but i don't um for me, I I literally just I, I I usually only use the major cards, the major arcana, the trumps, um, and I just draw four of them out. And um, I I what I do is I get the person to ask ask a question usually, especially if it's someone I don't know that well, because then you get some insight into what their uh, life is like and what they're going through at the moment. Because that's you need context because. Um, like doing a tarot spread is like making a sentence out of words and if you have no context for the sentence then you it won't make any sense you know so I, I i get four cards get them to ask a question i usually get them to shuffle it and stop when they feel they should um just because i don't know it it kind of helps them have some input into it as well you know and then I just draw the top four cards, lay them face up, um, and then I'll try and work out what they're trying to say. You know, look at the connection between the cards, look at what each individual card means, look at the connection between them, and um, and um, sometimes I'll draw a fifth card if that's inconclusive. And then yeah. always when I draw a fifth card, it's like, oh, there's the conclusion. You know. Um, so that's how I do it. I don't do any reverse cards or anything like that. I think, oh, do um, you not? That's interesting. No. I think if your card is upside down, then you you turn your pack. <laughs> <to work. laughs> but a lot of people yeah. do. Um, but I just feel like the the whole the whole um, everything that can be incorporated is in the pack already. You don't need to flip things upside down. I think it's quite interesting to make, to say as well, when you're saying about using the major arcana, so you literally just whip those out of the pack and just yeah. get them to... Yeah, I think it's because I have never used my cards like that, but it's really good I'm actually going to have a go at doing it that way. Yeah. For me, I actually... I am... Um, I, if I'm doing a real moon ritual, or, you know, really doing some real serious work with my cards... 
I'll you know I'll do things like I'll have a bath you know like a cleansing you know sort of experience of like having a bath um you know I'll I'll cast a circle it sounds really in depth but it, yeah. it it's just to build up the energy and yeah. to wash off like the day's energy by starting out with having this bath so I have a bath like I'll cast a circle I'll set all my candles up and I'll sit in the circle and I'll meditate yeah and build that energy up and I think that you know you you really do get into that zone by doing that yeah definitely I well, bring what the you're doing in. is you're you're bringing yourself out of ordinary space and time yeah and that's what all ritual has been about since the dawn of time it's been about um <clears throat> creating a space where you're outside of ordinary reality yeah um uh, and it requires stuff like that to do. It's the same as putting on a suit and tie and going to work. You know, you're 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 performing a ritual and putting on a costume to enter a different f- state of mind to yeah. to to work with the world in a different way. It's the same thing. So um, a, a lot of people find that stuff really helpful. And it can almost almost be, honestly, like, out of body. Like, yeah. I literally like... I mean, I don't know, but I like incense sticks and that smell takes me somewhere else. Like, it's really heightened. Yeah. It's like when you go to... You know, if you think of the scents in church that they use, like, you yeah. know, frankincense or anything that they'll use, yeah. that really is a kind of form of enlightenment and that's why yeah. you use the... Incense especially, I really find that does... I think they do say as well it has some effect on your mind like that scent itself yeah. is so heady so strong it's almost like a natural sort of very natural kind of high like I've, I've actually looked and it there are articles I've seen that say it can get you a little bit yeah. high in some yeah, respects yeah, like yeah. all good of course but um, and then another thing I'll do is like I've recently got into listening to some of the like shamanic drums whilst yeah. I'm sort of getting into that meditation because it is taking you somewhere else yeah you know, disconnecting from all of your normal day-to-day um, issues, I'll yeah. I'll perform that meditation and I'll sort of sit with the cards in the circle with me. I tend to really give them a good shuffle and actually put in my intent, put in the, the question I want to ask. I'm there seriously thinking about it as I'm going through those cards. So channeling all of that into the cards themselves. I'll lay the cards, all the whole deck out you know spread them and then I'll have my eyes closed and hover my hand and I can almost feel a sort of energy like from my hand and in my mind it sounds really crazy but I've always seen the card and where I need to go yeah so I'll sort of think you need to go just right of the middle and I can feel my hand just sort of hovering like this energy pulling me towards it you know that's my perception but that's always what I've done and um, it's always thrown up pretty good readings. I think I've got better at it over yeah. time. But I really find that that has given me some great connection to my cards. Another uh, another thing I also do with my cards as well, um, and it, it's part of the cleansing process, but I've, I feel that, you know, you do need to look after your cards. You need to keep the energy there. So I'll kind of hold them up to my heart as well. And yeah. they do that as part of a cleansing process that, you know, they'll say hold it up to your heartbeat and just keep it there. But I think you do need to sort of hold them and love them, (laughs) you know, just keep flowing the energy into them. So that's what I tend to do if I'm doing a real full-on ritual and I really want to get some answers or I'm doing some shadow work. Yeah. Um, But again, we were saying it's everybody's 
can do however they want to yeah. do it you know definitely yeah I mean I'm a lot less um like, OTT. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's just because for me, the real work isn't going on within the cars themselves. Yeah. It's going on in, um, like, because the, the, the thing about, um, like, any form of divination is you can do it with anything. It doesn't matter yeah. what you use. You can, you can throw stones on the ground. You can roll dice. You can... It doesn't matter. The only reason the tarot is significant is because... It has, um, in the way it's been formed over hundreds of years, it has absorbed all of this kind of cultural psychic baggage that we mm-hmm. we've built these images that reflect our kind of inner working. You know, um, what is what is um, really really good and the probably the best form of divination I've ever used is um, the I Ching, the Chinese form of divination which is usually done with yarrow stalks or you can do it with coins nowadays um you you basically throw these coins a bunch of times and depending on whether you get like two heads and one tail or whatever you build up these six lines and you build a hexagram and the readings i've had doing I Ching have been just unbelievably accurate um and and just unmistakable like it could not be about anything else so it doesn't matter what you use it's not that whatever you're using for me it's not whatever that whatever you're using has any special power it's just that the way that reality works is that um what the things that happen on the small scale are the same as things that happen on the big scale so you know the 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 randomness of cards the mm. randomness of dice whatever is the same randomness that is going on in the universe right now you know you're just you're just able to narrow it down to a point and be like oh this is going on this also means this is going on you know um i don't know it's hard to explain but um it's it's more about it's more about everything else than than the the tools themselves there are tools yeah. like anything else yeah. you should look after your tools always yeah yeah like um and if and uh, if that stuff helps you to look after them and helps you to use them, then you should totally do that. Like you know, with anything, like uh, like uh, Neolithic men would have blessed their their spears. You know, yeah. it's the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing. That, that's just as important. Like, all of that stuff, and it's and it's fascinating. Have you ever used runes? I never have. No, I've read about them, but I've never used them. But it's a very similar deal, you know. And that's another area that I'd like to bring onto the podcast and also Mm. looking at oracle cards because I went on from the... originated with the tarot cards and then I know oracle cards, there's so many different variances, there's so many different types. I'm still more inclined to work with my tarot. Yeah. I just feel that I, I get a lot more from it. However, right. I think the Oracle cards are quite good to work alongside the tarot. Okay. It's funny how much they'll mirror. You know, I, I've got two sets. One, my tarot, I've got about three sets of Oracle cards, but only one pack that I really connect with. Yeah. And they always go hand in hand with the tarot. And actually, sometimes they'll answer a question that the tarot can't always provide support on and vice versa so yeah. that's that's you know another another um 
area that I felt has helped me get a better yeah. reading between the two. So if I do that whole, you know, ritual, I'll literally just use those two packs. Yeah. Okay, so what would you recommend to anyone starting out with tarot? Um, to anyone starting out, I would recommend um, the best... It's not a beginner's book, but the best book I can recommend, if you're serious about it, is called... Um, uh, Tarot by um, Alejandro Hodorowsky. Um, You've got that whole name. I'm really impressed. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's actually a, a movie director um, who made some incredible, um, strange psychedelic movies in the 70s. Oh. And um, he's he he's an incredible artist. He used to be a mime artist, and is also like a, a renowned tarot reader written like studied it probably more deeply than anyone else hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I think of in, the, in modern times, um, but that's probably not the best place to start with. There are plenty of books to start with to get you going. And most people learn with the Rider Waite, which is the... I struggled with that. I really yeah. struggled with that because I found that it was very, oh, I know, yeah, I, I had that obviously with my first pack. Yeah. And if I'm honest now, I would say a good place to start. Genuinely, I've always gone online to the Biddy Tarot website, okay. which is really good. That gives you a really good in-depth analysis of each card yeah i know they do a free a few free online courses as well which are worth taking up okay. there's an app called the golden thread and that okay. is a tarot set which is okay. beautiful but i think it's an american one and um they've got a really good app with just a general yeah. basic outline for each card uh so they're two places i'd say to start but i'm definitely going to check that book out yeah. that you've mentioned yeah it's not um necessarily easy going but it's the most um like i i after reading that book i knew a heck of a lot about the tarot you know and um it uh for me i, I only use the marseille now the marseille is the the reason i use the marseille is because it's the oldest um complete deck that and it doesn't have a known author Everything that comes after that, the Rider Wake, the Rider Wake was made by um, Arthur Edward Waite and mm. um, Pamela Coleman Smith. We know who these people are, and they had their own 
like agendas to put into these cards you know and so it is with uh, all the subsequent cards but the Marseille we don't know who made it it's more of a conglomerate of ideas that kind of peaked in this one deck which is why I use that one plus all the later ones are based on it anyway so you might as well just go to the source like for me um, I, uh, and I love the imagery and it's very like medieval and um, weird yeah <laughs> <laughs> how often do you read for yourself N- not very often these days I used to do when I was learning I would do pull a card a day and that's how I learned all the cards that's yeah. a be- definitely the best way to learn is pull a card a day and then live with that card for the day now I don't do it very often I do it um I do it on people at parties when I've had a couple of drinks or whatever yeah um I've done it um I've done it uh yeah I've done it I've done it a lot I don't do it that often on people um I know you've done mine and they were good last time I did it was at this workshop but actually at the workshop what I did was I um I I printed off a load of small decks just just the majors um and I did this talk and it wasn't a, it, it, was, it was quite a long talk like an, an hour and a half or so and then at the end of that uh, I said now we can do some readings but I'm not reading the cards you guys are and I got them to read cards on each other and a lot of these people had never met never done tarot before and they were doing completely accurate readings on each other like like about you know they didn't know each other and it was just really amazing to watch like just with a tiny bit of knowledge yeah about it that people can just do it and and like are amazed you know and it's and and i, I really like the feeling when you do a reading on someone or someone does a reading and the person's like oh, like oh my god like this is exactly like yeah what's going what's going on this is what i needed to hear or whatever yeah and you're like i didn't do anything like, yeah <laughs> don't look at me i think the worst is when someone you know really well asks you to and you're just yeah. so clouded with your already known That's information it. on them i just can't do it i, I hate to do that because i feel yeah. it's just a disservice to them it's hard to do on people you know really well because especially if there's things that you need you want to tell them like like, yeah, well, the, <laughs> the cards are... say you need to get yeah. off your, your butt yeah. and get a the job. The reason you're unhappy <laughs> is because of all the terrible things you do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, it's good to note that you can do readings as often as you want. I think there's yeah. this like, oh, you must only do them, you know, and that's nah. crap. I think when you're learning, do it regularly because yeah. otherwise you won't learn. But then once once I, once you feel like you got it like I can do it any time you know yeah. I, I know the deck super well so. and leave your cards <laughs> out on your desk or in a, like on your altar yeah. or like come back to them like sit with them for <laughs> if you do a big reading on like a full moon or a new moon or just any phase and you're really doing some shadow work leave them on your altar come back to them like use them as a reminder yeah. just what do I need to work on what do I need to put out there and I just think it's worth keeping them in mind when you're doing that bit of shadow yeah. work um, yeah this was also the main kind of uh, point this is kind of leads to the main kind of point of the talk I was doing was not necessarily that people should go away and start reading tarot it was that the the <clears throat> the whole point of 
the, the best thing you can get out of tarot is to learn more and live more with symbolism in life so for example um for example I, I talk about dreams a lot because dreams work in the same way as tarot dreams are your unconscious mind which is what you're dealing with when you're dealing with tarot it's your unconscious mind telling you what you need to know about what's happening in your life exactly the same as tarot but <clears throat> people kind of dismiss it and aren't really aware of it so in the workshop i ask does anyone have reoccurring dreams and so and people are like yeah and someone was like yeah i have this dream where um i'm always um like i'm always trying to fly and 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 ev and, I, and i can take off a little bit but then i just come back down to earth and i'm like well are you always like starting things and feeling like you can't get anywhere and they're like yeah yeah and like exactly like it's not it's not complicated it's very very simple but people aren't thinking about their lives in that way so yeah. it seems just like a weird thing that's happening but it's not it's your unconscious is always trying to tell you what you need to know and people need to connect with that more in order to live better you know i agree with that and i think we're so overstimulized with tv and like not knocking yeah. media or anything like that but everything's too good many Every <laughs> <laughs> too many podcasts too many we've got so much at our fingertips now yeah. and if you think hundreds of years ago you know you'd have looked at oh wow like there's three crows out there what does yeah. that mean and yeah. you would have looked at animals or anything in nature and and interpreted it it was yeah. always you know superstitions about certain things and we have we have lost that and some of it we should have because yeah. some of those superstitions and beliefs were quite out there yeah. but they're but some of them actually did relate they were yeah you know relevant and and i agree with the dream aspect i'm I analyse my dreams all the time. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be on Google mm. to figure out what stuff stuff means. And it does always link into things going on at that time. But a lot yeah. of my friends, that I, they've never even thought to analyse it. Yeah. And they've started because I've been like, you should really look into that. And yeah. it's ultimately benefited them. And, you know, they know what, what's troubling them. Yeah. Writing down your dreams is one of the best things you can do for your personal well-being i think um yeah definitely um but yeah about what you were saying like the the um what we've also lost is an inherent understanding of symbolism like people in medieval times would have understand the symbolism of images um things like um catholic icons for example we uh like the paintings you get you'll get sometimes like mary and jesus and stuff like that like these paintings are heavily symbolic and we don't understand them now but a medieval person would have understood what everything in the picture meant you know to the point they looked at a color and that in yeah. certain old paintings religious paintings they looked at a color and said that signifies yeah blah 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 yeah yeah there's but a we've massive lost element all of, of that, that with like um with like both the kind of um scientific revolution that happened and like um the reformation that with like protestantism and stuff all that stuff kind of disappears at this point in the like 18th 19th century um and it's and it's been kind of 
to well, it's kind of good because we have lots of technology now, but also we've lost touch with our inner workings, what's going on inside of people, you know. Um, I agree, and I I think it's such a great coming back to being a witch I think now is such a great time where you can be a witch and you're not persecuted for it like, oh, yeah. like, like we're not you know hundreds of years ago there's so many apps and communities and resources out there that you can get involved with but I think there when anyone asks me about well why do you think you're a witch or why do you want to be I think it's because I really want to connect with the old ways and how people not all of them I still like my creature comfort (laughs) but no in terms of being aware of mostly I mean I see myself as a green witch so I'm always very aware of what's happening in nature and I live right by the sea and you know I'm always seeing the perhaps the symbolism in in you know definitely in nature we yeah so I'm very aware of that and I do think we've lost so much connection and I'm always trying to sort of bring that back in my life um but yeah i think just some of those basic things that we could do like analyzing our dreams the tarot really is just a time for self-analysis yeah it's you sitting with yourself and thinking wow i know that's the problem half the time you probably already know you just want someone else or something else to go hey you need to get down the gym or whatever (laughs) (laughs) tells you you need to do yeah that's why they are such great tools yeah and journaling i mean if there's one thing and obviously you know mental health is a huge issue for everybody i think and things like reading the tarot dream analysis and journaling for me have all massively helped me become more self-aware yeah tackle my demons um the journaling is good because it's a stream of your thought process yeah and i don't know if you've ever heard of morning pages no so you will literally wake up and just start writing in your journal just forcing yourself to write a page or more and it literally because it's your day and before you've anything's happened to you for your thoughts to be checked or it's just meant to be the most genuine you that flows onto the pages yeah yeah and it's a brilliant time to get out there like what am I worried about what do I want what am I planning what am mm. I going to do today it's your most authentic self because nothing has got to you that day to yeah. kind of change how you're thinking or influence your thoughts um but all combined I think they're fantastic yeah, tools yeah, for development so thank you, Al. All right, all right. Thanks for having <laughs> My mum would be really impressed that we managed to talk for this long and not argue. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, thank you ever so much. That's oh, great. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. You'll have to come back on again, definitely. Oh, well, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. to the last part of today's episode really excited because we're going to be talking about the full moon which in the UK will hit us tomorrow 12th of November I love the moon I've literally got a moon tattoo on my finger my marriage ring finger as my sister-in-law says I'm like married to the moon but yeah always been really obsessed with different phases of the moon what it's doing 
I cannot rate highly enough an app called Literally Moon, um, which you can track the moon's phases. It's really good to have on your phone. You can see what it's doing at any point. Has the most random notifications that it pings up at you, especially coming into a new or full moon. Um, But would certainly recommend that if you do want to start tracking and understanding a little bit more what each phase is all about. Today, we're going to be talking about November's Esbert. So this is the snow moon, also known as the frost moon, beaver moon and the tree moon. And this this reflects a time to cleanse and protect our homes, our mental state, our emotions. So you may want to protect your home using magic and charms, focus on your work and your finances, time to shed negativity, toxic friendships, toxic relationships, toxic situations and have a fresh start for winter. So focus on any triggers that you can eliminate before the colder months to make this season easier to cope with. You may want to call upon your deities, goddess, to help protect your loved ones at this time. Um, Draw upon the moon's energy, meditate and look for changes that need to be made to protect yourself. Spells for this time of year relate to protection, healing, money, luck and career. Colours corresponding to this esper are light yellow, brown, grey and dark blue. Crystals and stones that tie in with this period that you may want to use are um, jade, jasper, garnet and amethyst, purely because they relate to healing and meditation. You may want to use seasonal herbs um, such as fennel, cayenne, pepper, betony and verbena. You might want to add these to your altar alongside branches and leaves that symbol, you know, symbolic of the fall of autumn. And the element of this esper is water. Now, I've been massively triggered by this full moon. I live right by the sea. My emotions have gone a bit crazy. Um, But I think it's really good to just be aware of is this emotion coming from me and something going wrong in my life or is this like a byproduct of things going on with the moon at this time? I think sometimes you do need to kind of check yourself and see if it is something going on in your life that you need to correct and or if it's purely heightened because of the moon. So I'm going to get out my grimoire now and going to go into the full moon phase So the full moon phase signifies make or break time. It's between 15 and 18 days after the new moon. And um, themes are results, forgiveness and gratitude. So full moon is the high point of the lunar cycle. Things come to a head now. We know it instinctively if one of our wishes are to come true. It may well manifest at this point in the cycle or you may get a strong sign that it is on its way. Some wishes obviously take time, but you should feel that it will happen. So check in with your emotional guidance system. How do you feel about your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations now? It's good to motivate yourself. So you know, develop your encouragement in relation to those goals, hopes, aspirations, dreams, and think about the best things that you can um, in relation to those. You know, you might want to create a vision board. You might just want to revisit what you're working towards. But also, again, it's a time, the theme is gratitude. It's a time for 
counting your blessings. So, you know, if you haven't quite got there yet, look at where you have come to, how far you have come. If you're moon sensitive, so I've been having a complete breakdown, this is when you will feel quite wound up and anxious. That's because on some level, your body knows that this is the climax of your current cycle and whatever you haven't managed to manifest may have to wait. This part of the cycle is is yang from yin and yang. The energy is out there and our feelings are on display for all to see. So use this part of the cycle to release and let go. If something hasn't worked out, bless it and be grateful for the other things in your life. Again, coming back to gratitude. Forgive anyone or anything who has hurt you this month. Um, When you forgive, you release the karma. When you do that, you exit the situation. Uh, Nature abhors a vacuum, so you need to replace what you are releasing. So fill up with gratitude. Uh, full, full, Full moon is the time emotions come to the surface to be dealt with. So once you've let go of any unsettled or unresolved feelings you have about someone or something, focus on good feelings by thinking about who and what you are grateful for. So I like to do a full and a new moon ritual. You can do these however you like, but I'm just going to give you an idea or some ideas of what you may want to do. So I like to have a cleansing bath before I start any ritual. It's part of the ritual. I do use a shitload of candles and incense, you know, just to sort of, you know, get the energy going. I dim the lights. Um, You may want to use Epsom salts if you, you know, you might want to um, draw out toxins and so on. Um, I just use random bath bombs, really, but I should be a bit more, uh, you know, focused on that. Um, then I kind of get comfortable. I mean, some people like to do a ritual, start naked, but that's not me. I like to just wear something that I'm comfortable with. Some people like to have, and you know, they might have an outfit that they feel is really ritual worthy, but whatever you choose to do, I just like to get comfortable. Um, I like to get together all of my tools. So my tarot cards, my oracle cards, my journal, my book of shadows, um, so like my grimoire, sorry, so everything, I kind of get all those books together, Um, I'll also, this is awful, like you probably shouldn't bring this into your circle, but I take my phone in, like on, you know, so like no one can disturb me, but I I basically use it for, um, you know, the music side of things, so I bring everything in, in with me, I cast my circle, um, once I've done that, I like to listen to like either shamanic drums or meditation music. And once my um, circle is cast, I'll sit in the middle of it and we'll have a good long meditation session. Um, I really feel that it's a really good time for me. And I just find I get deeper into the meditation, like after having the bath and really relaxed. I have got my candles going on, the incense, all those smells and so on. It's it's a really heightened experience. But I use a meditation to connect with my spirit guide. So I actually do have one. Um, And I will ask any questions or, you know, if I want some guidance or closure or sometimes just even some support. You know, I've had times where I've just sat there and cried and, you know, wanted to get some 
support or an answer in relation to a situation. Um, Once I feel that I'm ready to come out of that meditation, I bring myself out and then I'll start to work with my tarot and my oracle cards. So I will do a reading from both and I'll channel any questions or intent that I have into those readings. Um, Once I've carried um, carried out that, I will then work on a list of everything that I want to release from my life. So I like to hang on to the list and burn it outside later on. Um, I love working with fire. You may want to bring a bowl with you into the um, circle and burn this and drop it into the bowl of water once you're done. Um, Just to signify the end of that part of the ritual, I will say in regards to my list being burnt, I now release this and so it is or so so mote it be, whatever you decide to choose to kind of signify that you're putting that out into the universe. Um, I then like to, once I've let go of all those things, I will work on a gratitude list. So I do like to focus on what might have happened since the last new moon. So successes and things that I've achieved or what I'm grateful for that's come into my life since then. And then I um, I do a little bit about what I want to bring in next. I don't focus on that too much because I kind of use a new moon for that, but just a little reminder of what I'm working towards. And then I focus on closing my circle respectfully, um, putting as much time and effort as I put into opening it, so casting it. Um, Another thing I like to do is to make moon water. So moon water is water that has absorbed the light of the moon. Um, You can make it at any moon phase. You can have full moon, new moon, uh, waning moon or waxing moon water. It can be used for many things. So it can be added to spells. You can water your plants with it. You can add it to your bath water. You can put crystals inside it to charge them. You can add it to potions, especially those related to love and intuition. So like emotions. Um, You can use for scrying in a dark bowl. You could use it for glamours or beauty rituals. Um, I like to drink it. I like to have like a little tablespoonful of of it every day it's like a sort of vitamin like good luck thing <laughs> I like to uh, use it as offerings to deities or, or ancestors on my altar um you may want to use it to bless your sacred space clean your altar with it sprinkle it when casting your circle and some people even make room sprays with it using like essential oils or you may want to make a floor wash with it Um, All you need to do is on a clear night on your desired moon phase, fill a clear, clean jar with clean water. Um, You can state your intentions for the water over it. You can infuse it with energy or enchant it and um, put the lid on the water jar, place it in direct moonlight after moonrise. So when the moon is clear in the sky, leave the jar for as long as possible to absorb the moonlight and remove the jar before sunrise. So I've had to get up at stupid o'clock in the summer to do this and, um, you know, check what time sunrise is and run out there at like, I don't know, just before five in the morning and so on. But yeah, so you need to get it in before sunrise and then try to use it for that moon phase and then you might want to make some more at the new moon. Um, so if you're really interested in the moon phases, I cannot recommend 
enough. Again, I think I've already said this, the Moon app, that's fantastic. There's also a book called Moonology by Yasmin Bolands. I think that's the case. I will link it on my Instagram page. Um, I, I'm going to do quite a bit more on the moon and um, each, set, you know, each esbert as they come up. Um, but I live by the sea and I feel that I'm very heavily connected to it now. I think the more that you get into it, the more things start to make sense as to why you feel a certain way at a certain time, why certain issues come up. And even when I speak to friends of mine and there just seems to be a, like a trend or a phase or a theme, um, they'll all have kind of similar issues arise at a certain moon phase. It's just really funny. Me and my friend Mary always really laugh about this. Um so yeah, really good to get connected to the moon and to what it's doing. So yeah, have a go at making the moon water. Let me know what you decide to do with it. Um, you can catch me over on Instagram at the White Witch Company. Um, please come back next week. Uh, this is my third episode, so I'm really grateful if you've made it this far. Um, I'll be back here same time next week. If you can offer any feedback if you can give me a review on apple Podcasts. always grateful still starting out so yeah i do appreciate any feedback or ideas that you want to give me if there's any sort of specific books that you would like to hear about i'm going to be delving into quite a few scott cunningham books shortly i'm also going to be talking to you next week about um i really want to give you some good resources of different YouTubers, different podcasts, different things, that I've, you know, apps and so on that I really feel will open up the world of witchcraft to you. Obviously, you're going to have some, you know, I hope some people on my podcast may be complete witchlings or, you know, even some more experienced witches. I'm hoping that there'll be a few in there that you haven't heard of. But once again, so grateful for all of the love, all of the feedback, and I'll see you again i'll speak to you again rather this time next week thank you witches have a great week